Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to Inverse. My name is Justin Kim, and I don't know if you've noticed, but we have a totally different set, a different different setup. And in the studio we have, we have Israel and Siku hey. and Jonathan. And hey guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and we have you guys out there who are watching on TV or on video or you're listening through our podcast. Uh, we have a totally different format. Right, and uh, hopefully this will allow for a uh, much more interesting conversation. <laughs> uh, we also have a new set. What do you guys think of the new set? Love I like it. it. Very <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we go more more organic and 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 and, uh, and I don't know. I don't know what the right 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 vibe word is. But uh, this quarter, we are in the book of, uh, we're not in a particular book, we're in the, the concept of stewardship, of stewardship, of giving, of, of these stories throughout the Bible that talk about uh, us giving to God, but also God giving to us in this exchange between the two. Mm. And um, the quarter is called, the next 13 weeks, it's called God First, God First. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 is where we will start. And before we always, uh, before reading scripture, let's have a word of prayer. And Israel, can you pray for us? Sure, let's pray. Our gracious Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for your goodness to us. And we want to thank you that you have been and you continue to be the great giver of life and of every good gift. And so mm -hmm. we ask now for the gift of your presence as we mm -hmm. study your word, that you would be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Siku, can you read Hebrews chapter 1? Verse 1 through 4. Sure. Mm -hmm. It reads, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Okay, so my understanding is in the New Testament, you have the four great Christological passages mm -hmm. uh, that talk about Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, Hebrews 1, 1 through 4 is definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot we can pack down here, but Jonathan, mm -hmm. uh, for, for what we're trying to get out for this mm -hmm. lesson, I know we can spend like maybe another whole quarter just on, on these four verses, but um, what are some things that, that uh, we can extract from this, this for the, for the, for the, to get into the conversation? Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, this, as he said, there's a lot to see here, but mm. I really like um, how the author brings out in verse uh, 3, it says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Mm -hmm. So here we see that Jesus, who is God, through his word upholds all things. He is the creator, and not only creator, but he's also the sustainer. Mm -hmm. So Jesus gives in creation, he builds out of nothing, uh, you know, reality. He, he, he weaves it all together, but then he also sustains by, you know, providing life 
providing everything, all the resources, everything that is needed for mm -hmm. life to continue and to exist. So let me ask this question, like what, is, what does that mean to uphold, right? Like we know that the Bible says uphold, like is he with, with in our modern context of science of now that we understand that, you know, the earth is not the center of the universe, but the sun is the center of our solar system and, mm -hmm. and, and, and gravity and magnets. <laughs> and magnetism. <laughs> that's, that's the level of my science. Um, <laughs> but with all this, you know, all the things that we understand about the universe, mm -hmm. Like God upholding the world, like like like, how do we bridge that? What what is that? What is what is that? How do we process that in our in our, con in our contemporary context? I mean, I like that it says upholding all things, mm. not that upholding the earth, mm. right? Mm. That God holds together all of creation, mm. right? So even you know they 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 just launched another um t uh, what's tel what what's that satellite um, telescope? Yeah. Telescope, yeah. Yeah, that, what's it? James Webb tells Thank you, the web. <laughs> <laughs> Team effort. Um, and it's capturing now, um, like, quote, the birth of stars, you know, yeah. the, and, and intricate details that before were not seen, you know, in, in how the universe is built up and functions. And science hopes to learn more about the universe and its extent. All those things that science is learning, mm -hmm. God holds together, mm -hmm. right? So everything falls apart if it's not for God in his unimaginable power, mm -hmm. making sure that everything is in its right place, doing its mm -hmm. right thing. And then, you know, if, if something, if, if a star, you know, happens to get out of its orbit and collides into it, it could be catastrophe, right, for the Earth. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we continue to orbit the way that we do and the sun is in its place and all these things and the universe altogether, that is God's power that holds all those things together, mm -hmm. not just scientific formulas and equations and mm -hmm. you know science laws of science. Mm -hmm. That God is the author of all those things and He holds it together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It seems like like the universe is a very chaotic place. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you look at the randomness of the universe; and it's almost a very scary place. You know, there's like liquid diamonds raining from you know the sky in some planet. There's like liquid magma that's <laughs> like super cold and super hot, whatever. But the, in the midst of that chaos, there's, all, there's also order that we see. Yeah, mm -hmm. we see this exchange of order in and whatnot. So let's go to Genesis chapter one, where chapter one, verse, verse two, there is definitely that, that void and um, chaos. chaos. But then God is in the process of, of ordering all this, yeah? Uh, Israel, can you read from verse one through three? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Okay, let's go to verse 6 through 8. And Jonathan, can you pick up? Yes. Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Okay, so what are some things that we can extract from this passage? We establish that God is upholding all things with his word, and then we see in the midst of what there was chaos, and God is, is ordering. Like, what are, what, are, what are we getting at? 
Israel. I think it's it's best when we look at Genesis chapter one. You know, when we look at the Bible, we normally th think about it as a book, but it's really a collection of books. Mm. I like to look at the Bible actually as a letter. Mm. And if if the Bible is looked at from that perspective, then Genesis one is an, intro an introduction to who God is. If Genesis one is an introduction to who God is, then we find out who God is by what He does. Mm. In the beginning, the Bible says in verse 1, God created. The very first thing that God identifies Himself is as someone who creates, as the Creator, which is very powerful because there are so many different ways in which the Bible will later on describe God. D describes Him as a Prince of Peace, a Mighty God, an Everlasting Father, a Lamb, a Lion, all of these different things, yet the very first title that He takes upon Himself is... Mm. Of all the titles, He chooses... Yeah, the title of the Creator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, this sets the foundation as to who <coughs> God is in His very nature. He is the person that creates. Mm. I think as you, as you think about this, it makes a lot of sense because the foundation of creation at its very core is this great thing called giving, right? Or mm -hmm. gifting. God is, He is a creator because He is a gifter, a gift giver. Mm. What does He give? At creation, He gives His presence, right? There's darkness, there's void, there's chaos, and what is and, and what does the Bible say happens is the Spirit of God is moving upon that, mm -hmm. meaning that God is a giver of His presence. Yeah. He continues to give His Word, He continues to give His insight, His wisdom, His approval, all of these different things. And so creation at His very foundation is a lesson on giving, how it is that God gives to His people. Mm -hmm. and, you know, God is, He's, he's Building, you know, our you know our earth and our surroundings, and as he's fabricating and weaving all of this together, it's really beautiful because I see God as an artist in in well throughout the whole Bible, but especially mm -hmm. in Genesis mm -hmm. because everything's perfect as he creates, and every artist, if you create something, it's always by by nature of what you're doing, it's a reflection of something that comes from you. Mm -hmm. yeah. So everything bears an imprint of your uh, personality and identity and who you are, mm -hmm. and so when we look at what God creates. He is, you know, developing the the atmosphere, and the, he's dividing light and day, uh, day and night, and and all these things, and everything he he's giving in that already. Mm. But then, in what he creates, he creates aspects that um, the the nature of these aspects is also providing something, mm. light mm. for the day, right? Mm. The firmament, the sky, the and then as he continues to create, you know, the the land, everything has a purpose that is other centered. Right. It's supposed to serve something else mm. and then of course it comes to you know the 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 climax with the creation of humanity and and, and so on so I, I think that's beautiful because it shows that God is an artist but that his because because of the, this creation work that he does his creation bears the imprint of his character which mm. is a character of giving as you as mm. you brought out mm -hmm. and it, it, it should you see then in the things that he creates that these things also continue to give and to yeah. serve mm -hmm. Sorry. Well, I love these. I love the, that's, mm. that that creation has all this like. It's not just the, the story of creation, mm. but it's like there's like these embedded abstractions about mm. God that are like mm -hmm. like foundational, and they're like all in this mm. one chapter. And yeah, I, just, I just wanted to throw that. Siku yeah. uh, and then and then yeah, I, I, that was a powerful point <laughs> from Jonathan. I want to comment on that, but I wanted to comment on what Israel okay. said before because it really struck me that the first thing that God gives is actually His presence. Yeah. And it turns mm. out that throughout Scripture, that's like the most important thing that God gives is His wow. presence, right? We, before God, deep. yeah, before God shows up on the that's scene... Your point. <laughs> <laughs> that was your point. <laughs> <laughs> before God shows up, um, we keep using the word chaos, but the Bible says the earth was without form and void, right? So yeah. the lack of form and void 
is only resolved with the presence of God, mm-hmm. right? Um, so God, mm. God introducing himself into a situation or into a scenario or whatever circumstance that we're in, that in and of itself is a, is a, is a gift. Mm. You know, the fact that Jesus came yeah. to the earth, mm. like him coming into our reality, that is the, you know, is, is, is the gift mm. by itself, yeah. his presence. Yeah. yeah, like how many of us have, are, are without form, are void, mm. are dark, and that we need the Spirit of God hovering inside of us mm-hmm. as, as the beginning point, right. yeah. beginning point creation. Yeah. If I could just go ahead. I'm sorry, Ezra. <laughs> no, well, I can't say go ahead. You can say go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to, 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 to add to that. Um, I always wondered, um, you know, why, why does it say that the f- earth was without form and void and, you know, the, the, if you look in the Hebrew, it's tohu babu, it's like chaos, right? Um, it's interesting that even now, you mentioned earlier that when you look into the universe, there seems to be a lot of chaotic circumstances. You look at Mars and all these other planets and liquid diamonds raining from the sky, whatever you mentioned. <laughs> um, it seems like, it, shouldn't it, everything be like perfect and in order? In a way, I think God, um, to illustrate to his created beings, to reveal who he is, leaves things in, a, in the raw material um, and by the fact of him showing up and then bringing order to it, he's, he's teaching us a lot about himself. Mm. And I think he wants us to see that, that, um, that process that his presence, as you said, brings order, brings beauty, brings purpose. Uh, that is something I think is really beautiful and um, helps me to understand, uh, you know, what the, you know, it helps me to see that he can do something like that, as you said, in, in my own life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's cool that he, he allows that to be visible. Mm. Um, this, this exists, so to say, his, this existence without his presence. And then when he shows up, something becomes beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's important because as, as you were saying earlier, Justin, many times our lives represent chaos, mm. right? And, and if everything was perfect, if we only had a representation of that which is perfect, then I would feel as though mm. I have the to be anomaly, perfect. Anomaly in all this existence. Yeah. I'm the yeah. weird one in this. Yeah. yeah, that first, and then secondly, I would feel like I have to be perfect in order to have the presence of God. Mm. Mm-hmm. But what this teaches us is that God is not afraid of chaos, right. that he right. enters into chaos, that he communes with chaos. Mm-hmm. Sure, later on, the next verse is gonna be that he separates chaos, that he mm-hmm. organizes chaos, mm-hmm. but it is, it is against the human nature to be driven towards chaos. And, yeah. and so in this, you have a picture of a God who is very much like us, his presence is there, but also at the very, very same time, very much not like us. Mm-hmm. And so he blesses us with the gift of his presence and he continues on. But I, I think something that is also critical for us to, to, to uh, portray here is that the systems that God creates, mm-hmm. They, they have a reason. Mm-hmm. There's a purpose for these systems. Mm-hmm. Now, these systems, yeah, they, they bring about organization, they bring about uh, laws, they bring about all of these different things, but the foundation of those systems mm-hmm. has to be, when you look at the, the narrative of, of, of creation, it has to be that uh, it is love. Yes. The foundation of these mm-hmm. systems is love. In other words, God gives because he loves. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so he's giving his presence because he loves. Mm-hmm. He's giving his word because he loves. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to verse 14, he gives order because he loves. In verse 14, if we can just read it real quick, it says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, for seasons, for days, and for years. Here you have God establishes stars, he establishes the moon, he establishes the sun, all of these different things. But there's a purpose for these things. Mm -hmm. And the purpose is, yeah, they serve for days, for seasons, for nights, and for whatever else, right, months. 
But the ultimate purpose is because God loves creation. That's why he does mm. that. The worst thing he could have done is to give us existence without a reason to exist, mm. right? And so you, you just, when the deeper we dig into creation and into his system, the more you see over and over and over, there is no limit to what God is giving, to what God is willing to give, mm -hmm. because there is no limit to how He loves. Mm -hmm. Right, because there's nothing self-serving about this. It's always about others, His creation. How can He make life for us better? Uh, even for the animals, for all of creation, it's always other-centered. And that's, I mean, that's a key understanding when it comes to, you know, how we, our responsibilities in this mm -hmm. world, mm -hmm. our identity and purpose. We, we are not to have a self-serving focus but an other-centered focus in our lives. Yeah, this is, this is profound that purpose is innately selfless. Yes. Mm -hmm. Purpose, nothing True here, purpose. nothing here mm -hmm. exists for its own mm -hmm. sake. Mm -hmm. even, even God himself is, is, as mentioned before, is this, there's, we're, we're seeing these are like fundamental principles and mm -hmm. laws that govern all existence. Mm -hmm. And uh, in our modern context, in our contemporary context, we have many people who through and maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm jumping the gun here with with sin and whatnot. We just exist for our awesome. for ourselves, yeah. mm. and that ironically adds to the chaos and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and the lawlessness of things. Uh, and um, I think we started kind of at the maybe at the conclusion, like in Hebrews mm. chapter one, mm -hmm. where talking about upholding all things, because then we've got already gone through creation. Like He's created, and mm. then He upholds all things. Mm -hmm. But I think here we see like the beginning of the story that that He comes and He. He creates all of this stuff, but he doesn't just leave it to itself. Mm -hmm. That he continues to uphold it. He continues to sustain it. Mm -hmm. Continues. Um, yeah. Not just so beginning, punctuating exactly. ends, mm -hmm. but continuous mm -hmm. throughout. Mm -hmm. So God as a giver, it's not that, oh, I gave. Mm. You know, it's not a gift that he gives and leaves. Mm. He gives and he continues to, you know. And mm -hmm. I think, I mean, that, that impacts me because that means his existence is mm is a giving existence. It's not just that he was a giver when he created, mm -hmm. it's that he's a giver by nature. He continues to give and give and give. And were it, were it not for him being a giver that nothing would exist mm -hmm. because he upholds all things, right? So um, all of creation would cease to exist if he did not uphold it. Mm -hmm. So in order for anything to exist, God has to exist as a giver, mm -hmm. right? And then w I think part of maybe what, what we're getting into this, this quarter is for anything to exist meaningfully, mm -hmm. it needs to reflect that el that aspect of who God is, mm -hmm. because then it loses. We we're talking about the word purpose. It mm -hmm. loses its essence, like the the why it was created for, mm -hmm. and you cannot exist mm. without reflecting that element of giving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? You cease to. You cease to exist but, eventually. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, that's the outcome of, of any other system than God's system is eventual destruction, self-destruction. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting that in our nature as human beings, we, we try to set up alternative systems to God's system, right. alternative ways of life, alternatives, uh, alternative life philosophies um, that are you know either totally self-serving or semi-self-serving or they kind of look like what God has but not quite, it's like a little tweaked. And um, and we, we we bring these philosophies in, and I, I gotta admit, you, when you read some of these world philosophies and religions, and you look at them on paper, they 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 often look pretty cool and interesting, and okay, okay, but at the end of the day, the human heart is wicked. It, it is it is out of harmony with God's system, and so when we rely only on that and not on the Word of God that creates and sustains, we it will lead to self-destruction, mm -hmm. and that is on an individual level 
and on a systematic level. Look at any form of government. They never last. It, always, it runs for a little while, but it falls apart eventually. And the same way individually, if we have our own ways of, oh, you know, this is just the way I live life, or this is my way, you know, and you have your way. Um, there is a way that is beautiful and powerful and it, because it is created and sustained by the one who is life. Uh, and who understands all these dynamics. And Jonathan, I mean, that's really the crux of, of the message, the message, the, the lesson here, mm-hmm. uh, is that God has these systems in place for us. But let me, let me ask you a question that, 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 like, God gave us the ability to be creative, yeah. just as He is creative. Mm-hmm. He has given us these systems, and not just these, we've been talking a lot about a lot of high upper yeah. stuff, yeah. right? But let's just get like really core. He's also given us what food to eat and what food not to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's given us what kind of relationships are good and what relationships are bad, uh, what careers are, are, or how to govern our, or how to live our lives, I should say, and how mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but why, why, why can't we adapt? Why can't we uh, use our creativity to explore all the different ways of life out there? Why does it seem like that God sometimes is restrictive? You know, mm-hmm. why, why doesn't God give us that space? I think because we don't live long enough. Yeah, I mean, okay. just a practical reason why, like, you know, all the multiple permutations of possibilities of the way that you could live your life, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to go through all of them before you die mm-hmm. and then figure out at the end, oh, this is how I should have lived. I mean, just mm-hmm. at a practical mm-hmm. level, if you're coming into a situation and there's somebody who already knows, you know, this is the best way to do it, why not take the counsel? At least I would start with the counsel, mm-hmm. you know? And then if it doesn't work, look for more counsel. But to think that we can... yeah figure it out on our own because mm. we're so smart, right? <laughs> like we know everything and we can think through every possible scenario. I mean, not true and not possible. Mm. So just practically speaking, I think. You know, it's you interesting know. you brought about the fact that we don't live in long enough. Um, I remember reading an article about uh, someone who interviewed a lot of old people who, you know, they were at the end of their life, you know, 100-year-olds or 90-year-olds, and they always ask them what is their biggest regret in life. And most of the answers were things that really relate to the way of life that God intends for us. I wish I would have loved more. I would have sh- wish I wouldn't have, you know, wasted my time on selfish things. I wish I would have cared more about relationships than things, you know. And that all falls into God's way of life, the gospel message, uh, the way that Jesus lived um, at, in some shape or form. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that even, even in the non-religious uh, mm-hmm. uh, people see, mm-hmm. they come to similar conclusions in the end. But of course, you know, uh, the Bible is very clear that the human heart is out of harmony with God's, you know, melody of love that mm-hmm. permeates the whole universe. And so relying on our own ideas, yeah, it can get us a certain, to a certain point, but it cannot fix us. It cannot heal the brokenness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like trying to, you know, if I don't like God's system, it's like, okay, we're here in our wood cabin studio. Uh, it's like I burned down the wood cabin, and so with the ashes and with the t- charcoal that's left, I'm going to try to build a new house, a new studio that's going to be better. But we all know it gets messy if you touch charcoal, and it's not going to be a good building because once it rains, it's done. Mm-hmm. So in a way, uh, the Bible, that's, that's what the Bible explains to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe from personal experience, if you're really truly honestly honest with ourselves, I think we can we, we see these principles at play in our lives, and it, it makes sense that the way that God provides for us is the best way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I you, when you were when you were asking your question, Justin, what dawned on me is the fact that God does give us a lot of opportunity to use Freedom, our creativity. creativity yeah. 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 So you look at Genesis chapter two, verse sixteen, and two, the very first 16. command that God gives to Adam and Eve mm-hmm. is to eat of every tree that is in the mm-hmm. garden, right? Mm-hmm. So 
Freely, yeah, right. So not only eat, but eat of it freely. And so God, it's, and, and this is why it's critical for us to look at Genesis chapter one when we're looking at establishing a foundation for, for the study. It is in the nature of God to give. God wants to give. God mm. gives and gives and gives. There's no limit to his giving. God gives his only son. I mean, how, how much more giving can you be? That's the most radical kind of giving that exists. Mm. He gives more than we would ever be willing to give, mm. right? Or we could ever even imagine to give. As a matter of fact, you look at Adam, when, before Adam even realizes his need of Eve, God has already gifted him Eve, mm. right, in his mind. And so God anticipates not only our needs, but he anticipates our desires. And he's always five steps ahead. We're always catching up to him. The problem is that our eyes are not open to the movings of God, right? And so that, that mm. I think the challenge with humanity is that we look at the tree that we cannot eat, mm -hmm. the one out of a million, and we say, this is restrictive. Mm. God does not give. God holds back. When in reality, it is actually the nature of the, the broken nature of humanity yeah. to hold back. Mm -hmm. and that, and that's the reason why we look at that one tree, because it is so, the tree is us. Like we're looking at what we want, our sinful heart wants, and our identity really by, by birth. But that's, that's why Jesus came to show a different identity, a different way, uh, you know, the true tree, you know, the tree of life in, mm -hmm. in a way symbolically that, that provides that, that beautiful healing and, and harmony with God. Right. And and I was thinking when you talked about the freedom, that true freedom can only be experienced when you have those limitations, right? When you know where the boundaries exist for your freedom. Otherwise, you know, you're walking, you're walking along and you don't know where the edge is, mm. where, you, where the cliff comes, right? Mm. And you don't know when you're going to fall down. So you're constantly like afraid every step that you take because this could be the limit, this could be it, this could mm -hmm. be it. But when you, when you have a, a boundary that's erected and that is actually clear, you can freely play where there's, where there's no ledge, mm, right? Mm -hmm. So actually having boundaries actually fosters true freedom mm -hmm. is, is the reality. And God, by creating those boundaries, by saying, okay, here, this is land and this is sea, Water. Mm -hmm. right? And you are a land creature, here you may freely breathe, right? You are a sea creature, here you may freely swim. It actually gives you the freedom to be who God created you to yes. be as a land creature to be who God created you to be as a sea creature mm. if you exist within the boundaries that he has set mm -hmm. forth. So, so he demarcates, he separates so that there is even more freedom exactly. mm -hmm. than we can imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Pretty incredible. <laughs> so with the entry of sin, how has this messed up this entire perfect order of giving and, and, and boundaries? Well, now godliness what, what, what does not make sense to us, mm. you know, and that's why we're having this conversation. Godliness does not make sense to the broken mind of a human mm. being. And I think that given, given authority over what God has given to us, if it's left to our management, if it's left to our organizational structure, what we will naturally do is that we will begin to hold. We will mm. begin to protect. Mm. We will begin to preserve. And this is not what God's intent was, right? I mean, God, if you, look, look, as Jonathan was saying, God gave Jesus, God the Father gives Jesus the, uh, the ability, the authority, the power to, to create, the gift to create. Jesus stamps the name of God in everything that he does. He gives that to humanity. What does humanity do? Humanity is the only thing in all creation that holds everything to itself. Mm. 
Godliness does not make sense to us. That's why we don't have the ability to, mm. to, to, to protect what God has given to us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're, they're, they're the conclusion I'm thinking of is in the universe there are two entities and one is our stars and suns that give out. Mm -hmm. and you have black holes that are constantly sucking in. And God has created all things to continually give out and he can recreate us to be, if we're black holes, to become these, these, these suns. Um, we've talked about a lot of principles, a lot of stuff out there. We want to encourage you out there. I think we will say first, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being part of our conversation. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and look at the Bible study guide on God first. But also, if you have this vacuum in our hearts, in, in, in our hearts, in your hearts, to fill this void with God's presence. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.